Barbecue Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. On today's episode, we are discussing uh, Q Youth Foundation. And Q Youth Foundation is putting on a fundraiser today here in Alhambra in the coffee shop, as we all know, Holy Ground Coffee and Tea. But first, let's listen to some music. Just you and I, tonight I wanna fade into the dark side of the moon I wanna shine with you We gotta live this way Until the morning light Take my hand, you see Then I'm the one for you To Giovanni Awayo, uh, Dark Side of the Road, and we are back. It's Q Talk Radio. On today's episode, we're discussing with founder of Q Youth Foundation, Ana Bernal, and we're also, you know, here at Holy Ground, uh, Holy Ground Coffee and Tea, uh, preparing for tonight's 
fundraiser for Q Youth Foundation, which is uh, a Loteria event. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's correct. Uh, Javier, thank you. Yeah, we're here at Holy Grounds. It's a really nice night. Um, it's really cooled down. So we are setting up for our fundraiser event, our Loteria event. Um, we have great prizes, and we're actually trying to bring a re- awareness to the Eastside Queer Stories Festival happening October 13th through the 15th uh, here at the Ariel House right on Alhambra Road, just a few blocks down from the uh, Holy Grounds Coffee and Tea. That's why this place is so special, because it's very local, and everybody comes and has a cup of coffee and can probably walk to our show later. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing about that is that we added some links onto this episode so people can... Uh, purchase tickets and uh, you know uh, you know find the information on the episode also I just wanted to ask you can you share a little bit about the evolution of the foundation how did it come to be and where is it today okay um, Q foundation started uh, back in 2013 um, there was uh, a moment in time where I, when I came back from college there was Still nothing for me to go and hang out as an LGBT uh, QIA person or as a queer person. Um, I couldn't find those local spots, so uh, it had. I went to West Hollywood, um, and I wasn't able to connect with anybody there, and I wasn't able to. You know, it just it wasn't a place where I felt comfortable. Um, so what I decided to do was to think about the, the youth actually that um, they. Still, if I came back as an adult, I can imagine how the youth are still feeling where there's no spaces for them to go. Um, so uh, my original thought was to create like a, a, a camp where they can come and hang out and then we can give classes to families and bilingual and have it all kind of a week of great stuff during the summer. Well, it turned out that um, it was a lot harder than I uh, to get people to come out because there weren't no spaces. So I thought storytelling would be something that um, would be a, a way for people to come and get together, uh, hear some stories, uh, com- uh, connect with other people. And I got this idea when I went to volunteer in Arizona. And um, the adults there, was it was a training. And we had youth coming into the to the camp, and that was how I was going to check out new things and see how I can incorporate them here in L.A., but storytelling was the thing that stuck out the most, and they didn't have that here in L.A. when I and back in 2014 um, for queer people. Um, once I got back from that camp experience, uh, I started organizing and trying to figure out how to make this happen. Luckily, I came to Holy Grounds, and this is the, the place that I was able to host my first one. And we had about nine to 13 people show up and we just kind of started building from there. And from that experience, I thought the importance of us documenting our stories. And, um, and then from there, it just kind of created a little bit of an evolution of recording them and then now writing them. And now from writing them, it became to producing them on stage or in theater uh, in a theater style. I don't know what the next, iteration will be of this, uh, of the Eastside Queer Stories um, play festival or theater festival, um, storytelling. I, I'm just looking forward to another way of, of documenting and, and collecting our stories and creating the community that that did not exist now. Now, like a couple of years later, there's a lot of queer programming in, the, in East L.A. and Northeast L.A. Um, 
different types of events are happening. So I'm really happy to see that, you know, like happening because it's very needed. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I find fascinating about reading about who you are and what you've been involved with is really learning that you are a um, professional nonprofit organizer. <laughs> this is what this is. You have a master's in this. So can you share it with our listeners a little bit about that background and that training and, and how you've been able to apply that to this? Absolutely. Um, yes. Thank you for asking. It's not uh, like, you know, community organizers is a really powerful thing in the community or just organizing in general. But when I started to use, I had no clue how to run a nonprofit, like hands down. I'm like, okay, I have an idea of how this works, but I don't know how it really works. So I went to a uh, fundraiser. I had already started to use and I was still piecing things together. And there was a fundraising um, uh, panel at Antioch University in LA in Culver City and I went over there and I realized like I don't have a clue of what I'm doing like I need more more um, to and I, not, I, I couldn't go to books and understand what like yes books were helpful but then uh, I couldn't go farther than what I wanted and so I ended up going to Antioch I got more information there after that panel and I was really inspired I honestly didn't think I could get into grad school. Um, I always had these barriers like, okay, I'm like, well, I'm not smart enough or I don't have enough money or I don't. And um, I had all these, these uh, barriers that I had placed on myself. Um, but luckily I sent, I've submitted, I just did it anyways. Um, I paid the, the, uh, I got the, the thing way for the application. Uh, I mean, I wrote them. I said, Hey, this is where my situation is at this time. And they, took my application in and then probably about a couple of weeks later, I get a phone call and an email saying, congratulations, you know, we want to have an interview with you and come into the uh, Antioch university uh, to meet with the department. And so I did. And, and I had a, a great interview with um, the director of the program, then Susan Nero. And she was asking me these really important questions, really hard questions. And I had to really, tell her what the reason I was going to grad school for, something that uh, was all against odds, I mean, being a Latinx person, a queer person, um, being from Isele, having these little low wages jobs, like the most of my life, um, trying to figure things out. Like people don't know that, that I, you know, I've cleaned hotels, I've done everything. I worked at a library, I've, I've done every, I worked at a pizza place. I've, I work, I've always worked. And so I think that, that um, really helped um, Susan kind of make the decision like, yeah, this person is really hard worker. They are passionate and let's, let's see what they can do in this program. Ah. So, you know, as we're sitting here at the coffee shop, people are starting to sprinkle in for yeah. the events and that's pretty exciting to see. Um, what has been the community's response um, are what do fundraising efforts? Uh, how are they received? Do people understand the importance of fundraising and how hard it can be to obtain community um, community you know support financial backing really? Yeah, that, uh, any, that has been the, the most. I think for any nonprofit, um, ha that's the most challenging part. Unless you're a, a 
a corporate style nonprofit, but if you're a small organizer and you're asking your community to help you with a program, like we're asking you because we need it. It's not like we're lining the pockets of our, our, like everything that I'm doing even now for QU Foundation, it's all volunteer. All the work, all the thinking, all the programming that goes behind it, it's all volunteer and everything because of the passion and the need that we have for the community. But they can reach out to us if they feel like um, we are doing the work that we're saying we're doing, which, and donate directly in, on our webpage, on our, w, on our qyouthfoundation.org, uh, page, or they can buy tickets to our events to the Eastside Queer Story Play Festival. Like, um, all that money goes to pay the actors, to pay the directors, to pay the crew, to pay the space um, um, for all the costuming that we, we're still, that's why we're here. We still need to purchase things for our costumes, um, for our props, um, our sound. Uh, maybe we actually need two more lights, things like that. Um, that we do need the community help with and we are trying the best we can and we knock we, we, we ask our friends and family but after that like who else can come and, right. and support us um, now if somebody wants to help but they don't have the means the financial means to do so uh, what are other ways people can get involved or, or can be a support Absolutely. Um, right now, we volunteers are very valued. Uh, a lot of the people that are here are volunteers with us. Um, but we're actually trying to build a strong a board. I'm trying to build a board for Keys and take that board and um, help me shape it up and really be an, a successful organization. I did. I did. Ha I do have three, two to three people helping me, but. There are professionals, and they are not in the area, and it's really hard for us to coordinate all of things. We've had one or two lunches throughout the year, but if I can have a consistent, strong board with great ideas that, you know, are understand the mission and the vision of what we're trying to do with QU, they could um, contact me, um, and I can set up some time to meet and hang out and really chat about where this is going and where it should be going. Um, because at the end of the day, this is this is not for my ego. It's not for me. It's it's actually for the community, um, and I just need people to be on the same page with me so we can step together forward, you know, side by side, um, and not necess necessarily own it, you know. Like, well, thank you for saying all of that. Um, mm -hmm. It's important that you know that we help each other and put put putting out the message out there that. Yes, it's great that we have organizations and we want to talk about safe space, but we also need to, to do the work to maintain safe space um, available on an ongoing basis. Because I think we use popular terms like mm -hmm. the bullying was such a, a concept for such a long time mm -hmm. and we created uh, safe zones in schools. But like everything, the discussion moves away from certain topics when, you know, you something else comes up and and so I just want to remind people that um, just because we're not talking necessarily about bullies in school the way we were maybe two three years ago it hasn't gone away and, we, and these programs are important um, for that and many other reasons but um, you know I know we're going to talk with one of your writers right now actually I'm going to invite um, Abraham who's the director for our for our one of our plays, and I, I would love to for you to talk to him and and just to, to talk about his experience so far and in, in, in the stories. I mean, we have a lot of uh, uh, this 
by far is the most unique show that I've, I've we put together. I mean, multi-generational, multi, just everybody's coming together, playing different pieces and very important pieces. We have even, um, you know, trans uh, identified people in our play playing different types of roles. So it's really exciting. Um, but I would love to introduce um, uh, Abraham Zapata. And, um, and he'll talk to you about his experience as a director for East Side Core Stories. And um, he's just an amazing person. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> All oh, right. Thank you, All right. Of course. Thank you, Javier. Hi, Abraham. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> you're, you're, you sound perfect. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Not the yell or anything, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so share with us a little bit about your background, who you are, okay. and then bring it back to QU Foundation. How did you get connected? Um, yeah, so uh, my name is Abe Safata Jr. Uh, so my background was originally more like screenwriting um, and things like that. So that's what I did during college. Um, after college, you know, you, reality hits. <laughs> uh, so I sh it was a couple of years of just figuring out what to do, trying to pay rent and all that good stuff. Um, so when that, so as so I started working in Cal State Northridge, I was working for the art department um, to work there full time. Uh, enjoy it very much. Uh, and so there was a point, though, where I was working day in, day out. Not really. I don't do art there. Uh, I work with students and everything. So I was honestly, the first thing that I felt was that I was losing my vocabulary <laughs> and I needed to figure out something to do to uh, be creative. Uh, so I started doing just YouTube. Uh, and so on accident, I started, oh, I shouldn't say on accident. I went filming some of like dra the drag, um, some of the girls from RuPaul's Drag Race, oh, uh, Locals Girls and things like that. And so as that picked up, um, that's when I started really kind of gaining a uh, following. So then we kind of like, was like, oh, okay, this is something. So um, I remember my sister was like, well, why don't we just call it the Zapri Cat? So their last name is Zapata. And I was like, oh no, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> like we're not gonna call our channel that. And then it stuck. <laughs> if you ever want to look for anything, uh, just put Zapri, the Zap Recap, Z-A-P-R-E-C-A-P, and it shows up. So it, it was by accident. Um, so I was doing that for a couple, for like oh, the last three years now. Um, and then eventually uh, I got back into school. Uh, so then I started doing playwriting. And then this last year, or no, no, this year, wait, yeah, we're still doing the yeah. Um Was it last year? I'm trying to remember. Oh, during the summer. There we go. Um, it's is when I met. Like, was it before Trump? After Trump? I know that's what I was that's what I was like. It was a post-Trump um, world, uh, and I had done uh, a skit for this thing at school, and, and actually it was about Donald Trump. And so then my professor hooked me up with this thing that they were doing at Highways over in Santa Monica, mm -hmm. and then we needed somebody else, and then that's where I met Anna, because my brother who does drag. Uh, knew Anna from the, I don't know what they did together, <laughs> um, and something, and then that's where I met Anna, um, and then they were very awesome to work with, very chill, super relaxed, and then I got invited to direct three of the pieces for uh, Eastside Queer Story. Yeah, so this crazy, weird uh, meandering around Los Angeles, and um, ended up over on the east side <laughs> directing, nice. yeah. Nice. And um, were you already familiar with the site before then? Um, not more than like coming down to have like coffee or meet somebody. Um, so I don't really 
come that down this way that much. It was more like downtown, mm-hmm. downtown. Um, so now that I've been going to the East Side and coming to East L- or going to East LA where we've been practicing and directing and everything, um, it's been nice. And I'm getting to know the area because then you know it's like, oh, I need something to drink. Oh, I need something to eat. So mm-hmm. then I like uh, drive around. Uh, so it's been nice. Yeah. What's some of your takeaway from from the Working. from Alhambra <laughs> to the East? Uh, the east side. <laughs> um, that it feels less crazy. I don't know if that's, that's actually that's not a proper word to use, but because I, I, I work in the valley, right. so the valley is like, I mean, there's traffic everywhere, but there's kind of like the sense of like needing to get to work and the sense of it's yeah. being a, it's a little bit more mechanical. It feels right, like, right. and over here it doesn't feel as much that way. Right. Uh, even though there's like a bus line going through and everything, but in that to me that means more community. That means like you see people walking around, um, and you see the public doing stuff, and so that's what I really enjoy, um, and just finding ways to bring something to the community. And I think that's what's really great about the side uh, crew stories. Uh, it's happening in two weeks already. Uh, the event is for the community, and it's about bringing people out and seeing what these I don't want to say young people because the, the ages range from high schoolers to people that are uh, in their 30s that wrote the plays. Uh, so you really get this wide range uh, community. And that's nice. It's not just Latinx. It's not just Black. It's uh, everybody. Um, trans. And so that's really awesome. Spectrum of talent. Yeah. Uh, all the letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you for uh, talking with mm-hmm. us. And I look forward to seeing the show. Yeah, I'm excited. And, yeah. Uh, Continuing the discussion. Yes, awesome. So Thank nice you. to meet you. Thank you. you got it. <laughs> We're going to play some music and we'll be back with the writer from QU Foundation. If you want to see.
to La Voz Auto if you want to see me cry. And now we're joined by one of the writers of the festival. So we're, I'm excited that you're here. Um, Philip Hurt. Philip, can you share with us a little bit about your background? Where did you grow up? And, and then how did you come to know about Youth Foundation? Sure. So I'm actually from the SGV. I'm from El Monte. And I actually moved to East Los probably two years ago. And I found out about Eastside Queer Story because last year I actually auditioned for the first one. This is the second one, so I came back as a writer. You said if I come back, I'm going to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm an person. If I can show it on stage, then I'm going to at least write it for someone else. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just going to get to that. What inspires you to write? What inspires me to write is basically, like, um, I guess, like, my daily existential crises. But also, I guess, I don't know, it's just such a powerful outlet to finally, like, solidify what you feel inside and just, like, have it on a piece of paper. And whether or not you can just, like, either destroy it or keep it with you forever, like, I like that instead of carrying it with me mentally always. Mm-hmm. So that's my passion when writing. And how did you get your writing to be part of the festival? How did that happen? Okay, so this is what I did. So I actually had my phone, and um, I actually pressed the, I actually pressed the, what is it, the word, the mouth to word button or whatever, the little microphone that basically types down everything you say. So I actually entered a free vote, a free verse poem, without like thinking about it. So I've submitted it through the submission process with um, Eastside Queer Stories. And next, you know, I got an email saying I was accepted for the workshop, and that's how I ended up being involved with it. Wow, what a great compliment. Yeah, it was cool, because I was, I'm so, it's weird, because, like, most of you can't see me now, but I'm actually in a red wig. I'm in full makeup. I'm a drag queen as well. So it's really easy for me to, um, you know, kind of, like, go out there and do whatever I want, like, no Fs given. But for my writing, I was very, um, I was very unsure about it until I did that, and I was actually, like, I got into the workshop, so I was like, that's cool. Like, I'm a writer. <laughs> so so what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, for the most part, you are pretty confident about everything else, but this was one of those moments that you were sort of testing, and now you, now you feel yeah. more like... So I'm very confident yeah. about it. I actually, you know, since the workshop, since Eastside Chris Stories, I actually have two short stories, three zines. And I'm working on another short story as we speak. So, yeah, like, I definitely got a bunch of confidence from being in Eastside Crew Stories. What do you write about? What, 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 what are your moments about? What do you put onto paper? Okay, so what I put onto paper is I usually I do short scenes, and those are basically small little conversations that I have to, to, with the reader. And um, as far as the short stories, I'm currently I'm working on a short story it has to deal with the summer of 16, and basically it's, it's a romance tragedy, but, you know, most of my writing is actually um, queer horror, which is a genre I feel like there's, I, me personally, I don't know where else can I find queer horror, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I might as well create it. Right, right, right. Um, and so you write, and, and now you're part of this wonderful festival, um, can you speak about what it does for you? How therapeutic is it? It's um, it's very therapeutic to see a very. My play is called Partnerships: The Benefits of My. 
Yeah, partnerships are benefits of a, a, a business partner, which we cut it down to partnership because it was just a long title in general. But um, basically, it's a romantic office comedy, and I feel like it helped me therapeutically because I finally solidified a very vulnerable moment in my life in which I felt the need that I can finally accept someone else into my life after this breakup. So I feel like it's therapeutic because it's not only am I like, not only is my play itself kind of moving on and evolutionizing, but also myself as a person. So I feel like it's therapeutic just seeing you write something, solidify it, and see it progress. Well, thank you for sharing all that with with our listeners. Um, you know, when I heard you say that you're from Elmont, yeah, I'm, I'm from Elmont, and I'm like, yeah, represent SGB. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. But um, but thank you for sharing your your work with us, and I'm I look forward to seeing your your play and seeing how that thank you you know sort of manifests itself from word to you know actor or actress. And yes. well, thank you so much for joining us here at uh, Q Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me. We're, we're gonna play another song, and and um, you know. Many of you know that we have Irene Diaz as someone that we love to support. So let's play I Love You Madly by Irene Diaz. Just a taste of this 
um, a, a mentor and a student, um, a female mentor and like a genderqueer student that um, fall in love at a nonprofit organization. And then they realize that they actually knew each other in a past life. So it's kind of like surreal. And then it also kind of makes fun of like activism and nonprofits yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> and and, and um, tell me why was that important to write about for you? Um, well, I think that I've always been interested in late bloomers. Like I'm a late bloomer and I liked the idea of a mentor and a student where in a lot of ways, the student was more mature and more graduated in their queerness than the mentor. Mm. Um, and so then how does that play out in terms of like what's appropriate or what the relationship should look like? Um, and it, one of them 17 and one of them 23. So I wanted it to be like inappropriate, but then also emotionally, they're kind of the same age. So just exploring like concepts of time and queerness, like, on a chronology. Yeah. Now, have, do, do you feel that you've found your community, your writing community through the foundation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love everyone in the program. Like, it's such a cool, interesting group of people. And I definitely want to stay friends with them and work with them. And, like, literally every single person's play is so good that it's I'm excited for to force my friends to come see my play because then they'll have <laughs> then they'll get to see everyone else's play too right, right. and they're all so good and um also just like Rosa my director is incredible she totally brought the vision to life and the actors are so good um Maroon and Janice like the two leads and everyone in my play um Karina Joanna like they're so amazing and it I never would have known how to produce my play without them. Like it would have taken me years. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. Um, what is something that you want the audience to be left with when they see your show? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I want, maybe I want them to realize that, um, like sometimes that queerness doesn't always have to do with sex or love or sometimes it can be just something as simple as just like a flirtation or a crush or just like little things that help you find yourself along the way and I think for me like in my journey having crushes on people was a really meaningful experience even if it wasn't reciprocated at all <laughs> it's still like part of the queer experience so just those subtle things. Well, like in Moonlight, for example, I feel like that was a gorgeous representation of that, like that feeling of longing or mm. even if it's not fulfilled, is still a really valid queer experience. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Well, thanks for joining us. And, you know, now we're going to uh, we're going to get to meet a co-producer of the event. And perfect. Uh, but I look forward to catching up with you again after the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. That was so fun. So, you know, uh, while we're uh, transitioning here, I just want to make sure that I give you some information. Uh, you know, Please follow QU Foundation on Facebook and Instagram for the latest information. There's also um, information attached to this episode. The dates for the festival are October 13th, 14, 15, and there are tickets still available. There are student price tickets available for folks. 
Um, and if anybody has any questions, you could always email uh, me at xm at qtalkradio uh, at gmail.com. And now we're going to be joined by Mark from Holy Mark from Holy Ground. So, Mark, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing very well. Happy to be here. Nice to meet you. Uh, so, you are a part. Of Holy Ground? Yes, I am. I am the talent and client relations manager here at Holy Ground. So I'm the reason this event tonight is taking place in the patio, and I'm so excited. Wow. Wow. This is fantastic. I had no idea that that there was uh, sort of this. I knew that Holy Ground had a, a role in the community, mm-hmm. but this really says a lot to me right now. This really lets me know that there is an investment. You know, and Absolutely, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to talk with me about that role. And, and No, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so what else? If somebody wants to put on an event here, mm-hmm. you're the person to talk to. I'm the one what to do they to. need to know to so, make that happen? So if you come in person, you want to try to speak to Mark Alexander. Uh, I'm not always here at the coffee shop, but I have plenty of business cards here. Uh, if you are a community organization or a nonprofit, uh, we waive the fees for any kind of space rental. Uh, we're offering spaces in the front for any kind of nonprofits uh, to flyer. Uh, specifically now, we're letting the Q Youth Foundation come in for their events. And, uh, yeah, you can just reach me at markalexander at gmail.com, and great. we'll try to fill this space up with as many community events as possible. Uh, we also have weekly comedy shows here every Thursday. Uh, that's something that I've been putting on for about three years now. So there is a dedication to not only being uh, a business space, but also a community and performance space. That's great. Um, Holy Ground Coffee and Tea. Can you sort of narrate that for a listener that hasn't been here? What is what is the objective of the coffee shop? I, I mean, I, I can't imagine calling yourself Holy Ground for no reason. Right. Well, Holy Ground Coffee and Tea was founded in 2012. Um, it has three core values. It's nourishment, community, and culture. And that's how we try to act uh, in everything we do when it comes to our coffee, when it comes to our food. We now have sandwiches and salads here at the shop. Uh, and when it comes to our entertainment, we try to make sure we foster and improve and also grow and nourish uh, my community. Because I grew up in this neighborhood. And when I was here in this neighborhood as a young kid, there was only really house parties if you wanted to do something, or you went to a different part of town mm. to hang out. And so I love that Holy Ground can now be a place where people, young adults, older adults, all folks can come and hang out. Well, thank you so much for updating us on you know, what is happening here and that none of this is accidental and for sharing your information with us on how to get a hold of you. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm very happy to be here. It's going to be a fantastic event today. And Anna and everybody are fantastic people. Well, thank you. Thank nice you. To you. Pleasure to meet you. And up next, we have a co-producer, co-director of the uh, festival. And Andrew, uh, Andrew, share with us. I, I, for the life of me, I'm sure I remember your last name. Cervantes. Cervantes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nice to see you again, uh, Andrew. You were involved last year. Uh, during last year's festival. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you became involved with Q Youth Foundation and your role? Okay. 
Well, um, the way I became involved in uh, Q Youth Foundation is my friend and I have a nonprofit, El Serena Community Arts. Um, and we do arts-based activities in the community. And we work a lot with Anna at Q, uh, through Q Youth. So what happened last year was they were starting a writing program. Um, I, studied, I started my college career in English with the idea of writing children's books. Um, and then I segued into fine arts. Um, so I thought it was kind of an opportunity to get back into writing. Um, I ended up writing a play. Um, called Babe. It was titled Babe, and it was produced last year. Um, this year, the I didn't have as much time to commit to the um, Eastside Queer Stories, so I took on a co-producer role, um, kind of like a silent partner behind the scenes, doing a lot of fundraising, making a lot of connections between uh, people and the groups, um, things like that. So, you know, that's how it all started, and that's kind of where I've become or I've come to so far. And why is it important for you to be involved? I feel like um, the reason I, I get involved and I do a lot of these things is because I want to, I want to be that person that I was looking for growing up. Um, there weren't a lot of, you know, gay men, queer people in the community that were out and proud and vocal and doing things to support the community. Um, so it's important for me to, to stand up, stand out, and let people know that, hey, you know, it's, we're your neighbors, we're in your community, um, we support you, come on and support us. Sweet, sweet. I was just about to ask you, what is the takeaway that you want people to leave with? But I think that says a lot already, right? Yeah, um, I believe that would be what it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, okay, well, what do we look at? We'll leave it. Well, I want to just give you one last question. What what should we expect from this year's festival that's different from last year's? Um, I think this year's festival is going to have a lot more fun. It's going to be a little quirkier. The stories are, um, I think there's a lot more humor in the stories this year, and so far as what I've heard. Um, I feel like last year was, I mean, they were amazing stories. A lot of them were very sentimental and very heartfelt. And this year, it seems like those stories are still sentimental, but they're kind of wrapped in more humor, which I think is a great, um, you know, way to, to, to separate the two years, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I'm looking forward to experiencing the trajectory and, and being able to look back and say, okay, you know, um, Last year, I attended as a guest, and I left a fan. So I'm looking Great. forward yeah. to, to seeing what you guys are up to. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay, we are wrapping up our show here, um, and we're going to leave you with a few final words um, by Ana Bernal. Hey, thank you so much. I, I hope you all had a great time listening to our writers, our directors, our actors, everybody that's involved. And, and I thank you very much, Javier, for coming here and, and uh, airing this episode about youth and what we're trying to do in the community. But yeah, uh, I know Javier was... Um, very generous in letting people know where to find tickets. You know, we need to fill the, sh the space. So we need to provide that energy for all our actors and our directors and producers. Um, so, yeah, we, you can get tickets at qyouthfoundation.org. You could join us on Facebook. You can sign up for our newsletter. Um, 
we, if you want to be a volunteer or be part of the board, you can email me as well at Anna at Q, as in letter Q, <laughs> as in queer, uh, uh, Anna, A-N-A, at Q-Youth, Y-O-U-T-H, foundation.org. And, yeah, thank you so much, Javier. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks again for being a part of the, the episode on the show. And I know that we're going to be co-hosting some uh, episodes in the next couple of weeks, and I'm, I look forward to it. So, Same here. I, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. And I, we're going to leave you with one last song by Leo Vargas, Drive Home. Baby, you gotta understand I can't no longer 